<laughs> you muted <laughs> yourself. Muted, uh... No. <laughs> hey, you can edit this, right? Uh, not with the intro. It's hard to but, edit video to make it look normal. No, I know, but like, we'll start it all over again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can... Dollars. Yeah, that's easy, right? Yeah. But unmute yourself this time, bro. What are you Dude, doing? I legit forgot I was muted. Welcome! Y saludos, amigos! A nuestra presentación, Revenge of the Pod, presented by Room 303 Network. Uh, as you can see with us, we have a special guest host today. Uh, but first, I'm joined by my co-host, Jason. How you doing, buddy? Oh, doing great, man. Uh, just glad to be here for a really uh, good episode. Probably a long one, but uh, I'm ready. What about All right. you, and Tom is glad to have you back as a guest host, as our as our expert on Succession, which will be our main topic. We finally caught up to it for you guys. We went through four seasons in a very short period, just for you, our tens and tens of listeners. So we hope you appreciate that. Now, we do have a few other things to get into, though. So let's jump into it real quick. Jason, how you doing, man? Good, this past weekend was Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to you, Luigi. Thank you. Uh, happy Father's Day to everybody that's a, that's a daddy. Um, this past weekend, uh, hung out by the pool, took my dad out to eat, uh, saw a buddy of mine that I haven't seen in over a year because he lives literally on the other side of Phoenix from me. It literally took us about an hour to go see him, but they had like a pool party. He gave us like two months notice. So it was plenty of time for us to go visit. Uh, it, it was cool, man. Uh, it's, it's getting hot out here, but it's all good. Uh, what about what about you guys? How was your guys' Father's Day weekend? Thomas, I'm going to give it to you. Um, it was good, man. Did the same thing. Uh, took my dad to eat. whole family went to eat. Um, it's getting hot out here, too. So, yeah, man, nothing special. I don't got any kids, bro, so not uh, not the coolest Father's Day yet for me. But, you know, it's always cool to hang out with the fam, kick it. And uh, tell us about your Father's Day, Luigi. You're the father of the group. How to go? Yeah, yeah. None that we know about, right, Tom? Like for me too. Like none that we know about. Yeah, none that are uh, have any birth certificates that I know of. So, <laughs> right, right. No, but my Father's Day was good. The weekend was kind of pretty much whatever I wanted to do. So we saw two movies. Finally tried Anchor Bar. You know how it's like the original Buffalo Wing. I liked it. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, that was pretty much it. So wanted to jump into a few pieces of news for you guys, though. First off, Zazie Beats did say in an interview that she's not going to be part of Deadpool 3, which uh, for me, a little bit of a disappointment because I actually liked her as Domino. 
I thought she was a lot of fun as a character in the movie. Uh, Thomas, I know you follow these superhero movies very closely, so I'm sure you were devastated by this. <laughs> I heard not being in it, she's very nice to look at. That you know, that is also true. That is also true. And she was a lot of fun in that movie. I think I think you would have liked her character. Yeah, honestly, Tom's. I think uh, I don't know if you've seen the Deadpool movies. You you would you'd really like them. I've seen them both. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Zazie Beetz's character was was dope. Yeah, yeah that was like first roles. I feel like like now she's all big time. I think that role helped her out a lot, like to get to get people to see her. Yeah, she's um, amazing in Atlanta. So she's in Atlanta. Yeah, she's in Atlanta. Yeah. All right. Uh, another thing, since we are not going to yet cover this movie, uh, I just wanted to give a heads up to those who have not yet seen Elemental. If you are a fan of Up, the short film before Elemental is going to be Carl's new date. And yes, it is Mr. Fredrickson from Up. That is the new date. So I'm definitely excited to see what he's been up to uh, right before that movie. But we'll talk to you guys a little more about that one on our next episode. I will say this before you go on to the next segment, bro. I don't know how I feel about Carl going on another date. <laughs> I don't know Girl, how dare this motherfucker. She told him to have a new adventure, bro. She doesn't want him to be alone. She gave him the blessing, bro. That is true. That is true. You know, she did give. Yeah, we'll say that. But like, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> But hey, you know what? Any any chance I can get to see uh some up characters? That's always dope. Uh, do you guys ever see? Probably not. It's on Disney Plus. But the Doug, like the Doug what? episodes where it's, uh, the dog. No. Like his, yeah, it's like, it's like his adventures, like in the backyard, because he lives with with uh Carl now and uh Mr. Fredrickson, and uh he's just like there's one episode where he's like trying to get this squirrel right it's a squirrel <laughs> like baller in his backyard it's just uh it's very it's very fun dude uh something to show Katya, bro it's, it's very fun it's on Di uh, disney plus i'll check it out i'll check it out days or some some shit like that i don't know i think she's like, seen it i don't know if i've seen it i saw a few episodes and uh they're they're uh they're cute i would say yeah <laughs> I, i'll tell you the olaf shorts where he explains different disney movies fucking funny they're oh funny. yeah those are hilarious yeah uh, they they kind of remind me of um, uh, what's the uh, what's the little guy, the little uh, group, the little. Oh group yeah, groups. the group yeah. shorts. Yeah, it reminds me like that. Yeah. And the Simpsons shorts, they all have some similarities. Yeah, all, all the shorts and stuff. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one, Thomas. I know you're excited for this one. They have the extended trailer out in theaters for Oppenheimer. Ooh. It looks looks good. It looks yeah. like a visual marvel. I'm at the point where I don't want to see any more. Like, I haven't, I saw a little bit of that trailer, but yeah, I'm just, you know, the, I want to, I want to go into it knowing as little as possible. Obviously, we know the story, we know what happens. I think there's a bomb or something involved. Uh, Wait, a bomb goes off? <laughs> fucking spoilers, bro. Let me tell you, let me tell you, it was quite a big one. But uh, no, man, I'm <laughs> hyped for that. Uh, we're almost at July, so I'm counting down the days. And yeah, like you said, man, um, early reviews. I don't know if you guys saw. Um, they the only one of the only people that has seen it so far is the guy who wrote the biography that the movie is based off of, like the Oppenheimer biography. He saw it, and he was just like blown away. He was like, "This is gonna start like 
people's conversation again about like these topics and, and he was just like they did it justice so they got the blessing from the biographer so even more excited for it that's awesome dude. people who have seen the movie have said that are being said to have left the theater devastated yeah i saw so that. it's gonna be one of those kinds of movies where you just walk out feeling like oh my god which makes sense. I mean, it is about the atom bomb. So <laughs> if, you, if you leave the theater thinking, yeah, <laughs> atom bomb, then I, that's probably not what they were going for. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's, it's kind of nice to hear that because uh, in uh, Interstellar, uh, obviously a Christopher Nolan film, um, even scientists were, when he made, who's making that movie, like they were saying like, that is probably the most accurate depiction of a black hole and like just they actually made some breakthroughs because of that movie uh -huh. and he tries to be as true as he can to those whatever he's doing so that's pretty interesting so it yeah. kind of makes sense for that biographer to say that uh like it's like okay yeah this is wow you know yeah, yeah. i mean they recreated a whole atomic bomb for uh for the movie so christopher nolan built it by himself by hand all the extras in there were you know. I hope to see that in the extras when you buy the movie, watching him build the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it's best. So, yeah. You know how they say uh, no animals or stuff were harmed during the making of this movie? Yeah. People were harmed in the making of this movie. They're going to say that. <laughs> we lost a whole cast and crew. We had to get a new one. Um, all right. Let's move on, boys. Let's move on. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's first Craven poster and trailer came out recently. It's coming out October 6th. Uh, in At the end of the trailer, it shows that Rhino is going to be the first enemy. A different way that, different type of Rhino. Also a very different kind of Craven. I, I saw the face you made, Jason. Uh, you, you've got some opinions. Go ahead and share those with the group. Look, man, I like Aaron Taylor Johnson as an actor. I really do. Um, I think the first time I saw him was in Kick-Ass. The first one and like just where he's you know from now to you know from then to now um i liked him in a lot of movies and i think he's a great actor uh, i liked bullet train as much as thomas didn't like it i liked him in bullet train quite I a bit him. i liked him in bullet train part of that i'll give you guys that yeah um so i like i felt like he could do a, a great job but like i just i saw the trailer and i was i just it just turned me off so bad dude I, di I didn't like it. So what I don't understand is why they decide to change the villains so much. And then also not put the best villains in Spider-Man movies first. Like they're, they're doing, I feel like they're doing it backwards. Yeah, right. If like, you wanted to make a Craven movie, maybe just don't kill him at the end of the Spider-Man movie that you put him in. And then give us a story to latch onto after we know the character. I, I don't know. Uh, just the thought. Yeah, and he just seems too human for Spider-Man, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like Craven. like, I mean, from what I saw, in the, like, I don't read comics too much, but from what I remember seeing in the, some of the few comics that I read, some of the few uh, uh, cartoons that I saw, he's abnormally, like, he has, like, superhuman powers. Like, he's, he has, like, he's, like, double the strength, maybe triple the strength. And then he also has a very keen sense of smell. Like, he's not, he's no pushover. I mean, the first time we saw him in the 92, 91 a cartoon series that we, we we grew up on he was chasing um the vampire uh 
Morbius. Morbius, yeah. He came, and then uh, Peter Parker was trying to stop him because, like, no, no, like, I can help this guy. He's my friend. And, like, there was that whole, like, dilemma, right? Because Craven wasn't really going after Spider-Man, but Craven's also like, well, I can go after you, too, if you want me to. Um, why I love that cartoon series so much is because, like, they had the storylines were just amazing. So I don't know. It just it just kind of turned me off. May, hopefully I'm wrong. Maybe uh, maybe they only showed us a little bit, like uh, in in some trailers, but it just didn't feel right for, for me. Well, uh, some of the things I saw in the trailer definitely looked superhuman to me and animalistic, uh, but they were different. Like he was, I don't know. He wasn't that super before. Yeah. I, I I don't know. He wasn't as super to me in the as he was in the trailers. Like yeah. He's got strength, speed, agility. He's got the sense of smell that he, he got from like potions and like okay. remedies and whatever. But it wasn't it wasn't the same as what I feel like we were seeing in that in that trailer. Like they tried to put him on the same level as like a super strong hero. So I kind of saw it the opposite way. Really? But I, okay. Either way, I was confused at how a lion's blood was going to do that to him. Although that lion looked like look like it goes to the gym yo maybe it was a radioactive lion the biggest lion i've ever seen (laughs) it could have been like a radioactive lion like the spider that bit (laughs) i don't know know. bit by a radioactive lion is this gonna be a series or a show i saw like a little preview of it but i didn't watch the whole trailer it's It's gonna be a movie. movie yeah and i think it's gonna end up a lot like morbius where they're lacking in story because it usually has the character centered around spider-man and and you know it it came at the worst time too because i know we talked about it last episode the spider-man game is based off craven the hunter going to new york to hunt spider-man and that craven the hunter in that video game for the p the new ps5 game that's coming out this year that's the craven hunter i was expecting that sh- that motherfucker looked badass. They must have and missed like, the mark on that one. Yeah, you know, so like you see the the movie version of it, and then you see the video game version of it, and you're like, and at that, the video game sounds like it's going to follow the comics pretty well because he's got the symbiote, and if it follows the comics, he gets buried alive by Craven in the symbiote costume. The symbiote keeps him alive, uh, and Craven actually dresses up as Spider Man for a little while. Real weird. Um, he has like a crisis of conscience and identity. Then Spider-Man digs himself out of his own grave and hunts Craven down. Um, so that'd be kind of cool to see in the video game if they do that. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. I mean, the video game looks amazing, absolutely amazing. If you guys haven't seen the trailer, go check it out. Uh, enough of that, though. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched this series on Netflix, the first season, but Squid Game Season 2 is set to release in 2024. Lots of teasers. Lots of teasers of that. Uh, Thomas, did you end up watching the first Squid Games? Oh, that's one I think you'll really like, brother. Yeah, I think you're really going to like Squid Game. Is this second season? Because they're going to do like a live action reality series of this, correct? Well, the first one is live action. Well, I mean, like in the sense like uh, they're going to make like a reality TV show based off of Squid Game, right? Like where people are actually playing it out. Have you guys heard of that? I had heard about it, but I don't know when it's coming out. Okay. Well, well Mr. Beast uh, did one on his YouTube. That what? Mr. Beast. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like a famous YouTuber. He did he did one on his YouTube streamer. Uh, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. 
what I'm saying is I know they're gonna do like an actual like Squid Games. They're gonna it's gonna be the exact same like licensing, whatever it is. Squid Games, but it's like a live reality competition. I don't know how they're gonna do it, but I know that's. And you don't get killed though, obviously, right? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Listen, whatever gets viewers, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, I'd I'd watch that as savage as that sounds. Like, you know, people would watch that. But anyhow, this is season two of the original Squid Game. Yeah, 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 dude, watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, I would recommend watching the uh, English dub. On, it's gonna annoy you, like the 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 lips moving and stuff like that. And like some of those American actors that they use to voice them. Not good. Not good voice actors. Yeah. Um, They're not the worst though. There's some pretty decent, like the main guy I thought was decent. Nah, he pissed me off. <laughs> oh, you didn't like him? I like him. Yeah. It, it was kind of, it was kind of annoying, but like I tried watching just like the regular dub, like through Korea. And uh, I was like, nah, yeah. You know what? Let, let me go back to English dub. And uh, English dub is way better. Um, one movie that we that we watched, uh, the German one, what's it called? Oh, Quiet in the Western Front. I think it was better for the regular dub, the, the German dub. I thought that was way better versus the English one. We tried listening to the English version of it. We didn't like it. And we went back to the German uh, regular version of it. Uh, but for Squid Games, I do prefer the English dub. So. Word out, man. Keeping it on Netflix. So, Thomas, I think your brother was really into it. I don't know if you were, but Avatar, The Last Airbender? Ooh, yes. My brother was really into it, but I watched it too. And yeah, the you're talking about the new images they released, right? Yeah, so they, they released some new images of the live-action series that's going to release on Netflix. And um, they show the characters Aang. <clears throat> and just all the, oh, like, all the young characters. And um, I'm really happy with it. I am so happy with it. It looks like they're taking this series seriously and uh, they don't want to mess up again. And uh, I'm all for it. Um, Thanks, M. Night. Yeah, right. M. Night Shyamalan, fucking bastard. Uh, but yeah, dude, it looks it, it looks awesome. I, I yeah, Obviously, we haven't seen any other teasers, but like at least those first still shots, of those yeah. pictures, that were awesome. I love Avatar The Last Airbender. It's one of my favorite animes. Uh, American animes, I guess. I don't know. It's it's an anime. I don't care what anyone says. It's an anime. Uh, love that show, and I hope they I hope they get it right this go around. It looks like they will, man. Like, they seem to everything is like as accurate as it could be as far as like how they look. And yeah, man, they just gotta do that justice over what we got last time because that was <laughs> one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> And we've seen some pretty bad movies. <laughs> and I feel like, of course, being like a series, they can do it even better justice because, yeah, you're going to get every detail in there. They're going to, you know, really get to explore. So hopefully Netflix put that money behind this one. Yeah, the, the fact that it's going to be a series, they can take their time on telling the story, which I feel is really important. So when is that coming out? 2024? Uh, whew. I'm sorry. I know we re we talked about the release date, but uh, it's in the works. I I'm guessing it is going to be 2024. Um, I'll look at it right now, though, and uh, I can get back to you on that. But I, I know there's uh, some other news that's going to happen for Universal Studios that Luigi's very excited for. Yes, sir. Do uh -huh. um, you mind if I mention this one? Oh, go ahead. It's it's uh, that's why that's why I mentioned you, brother. Uh, while I look on this Avatar uh, news real quick. Yeah. So. 
there's going to be a Halloween fest, as they have every year at Universal Studios. And this one is going to be themed Last of Us, the show slash video game. I cannot wait to see what that looks like. I kind of want to try to take a va mini vacation just to go for a day and see what it looks like. Um, that would probably be a tall order, but I want to try just to just to check it out because I'm a huge fan of Last of Us. So those of you who have the means and can go in October, you should go check out the haunted the haunted house uh, that is Last of Us themed at Universal Studios. Have you uh, have you been to like a regular haunted house themed like Universal Studios night or any of those? No, no. Uh, either. And I've heard they're like super cool. It's something I've always wanted to check out. So. I can imagine that one being even more next level. So, all honesty, boys, haunted houses scare the fuck out of me. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I can't control myself in those. <laughs> I like freak out. But yeah, whatever, boys. Whatever. I still got your back in a fight. What the fuck, bitch? Uh, <laughs> That's all that matters. That's all that. I, I'm kidding, brother. Um, <laughs> no, I, I feel you on that. Uh, I'm still gonna try to go to the Last of Us one, though. That's how much I. Uh, I love that series and game. You know, if I'm being completely honest, so, so I've, I've only been to Universal and Disneyland twice, one when I was eight and once when I was 16 uh, to both, you know, made it a, a trip to both. I prefer Universal Studios. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it, I think it depends on what exactly you're looking for. Like, for example, if you're if you've got small children, obviously Disney's going to beat it out anytime. Well, I want to go back to Disneyland too because I, I really wanted to go to Star Wars Land. Like that's that's the only reason I want to go. Like I don't care. We don't have to be there the whole day. Just take me to Star Wars Land. That's where I'm trying to go. I, I want to go to Avengers Campus for that reason. <laughs> I really want to see that like, animatronic Spider Man swinging around. Like, see, I don't, I don't have to see that. Like, I'm like I'm good. Oh yeah. See, I don't. I feel the same about Star Wars. I'm like, I don't have to see that, but I want to see Spider Man swinging yeah. across buildings. As if he's a real fucking person. Yeah, that, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, well, I I would say that there's there's stuff that you would like as an adult at both. For example, I thought the food at Disney was better. I'd say that the food was a lot better, and certain rides were just they were the coolest thing I'd ever done. But of course, they were a lot calmer. <laughs> uh, the Universal Studios rides, depending on because yeah. some of the rides. Like I cannot wait to see that Tron ride that they're gonna have at Disney. I think it's, it's that a looks cool. Place yeah. Place. yeah, that looks that'll be badass. I will say this though, brother. Uh, food at the at, at the parks. Uh uh, food's mm -hmm. in my backpack. I'm saving yeah. money on that. Charging me fifteen dollars for a churro out here. That Hell no. <laughs> oh no, I'm talking full restaurants. You gotta you gotta go to the. Yeah. No, no, no. I got some protein bars and bananas in my backpack. We're good, bro. You're looking for a different experience. Yeah, you yeah, know, I'm definitely <laughs> a different experience. <laughs> I yeah, tried the butter like, beer in uh, Universal. Like whole fucking package, baby. <laughs> we went to some badass fucking uh, some badass restaurant at uh, Animal Kingdom. Some of the best food I've had in my life. It was pretty fucking good. I'll oh, say yeah. that. Uh, anyway. Anyways, let's, uh, so let's let's get back into Avatar and. Avatar, the live action, the airbender is going to come out 2024. Now let's go into the other Avatar. The Navi? Yeah, the, the Navi, uh, the Avatar, the, the blue the blue aliens ones. 
Uh, <laughs> the movies got delayed by an, a year. So it's going to come out long enough. Right? <laughs> so maybe, maybe the, the third movie will come out in 20 years from now. I, I don't fucking know. Um, I don't know, man. That's, that's ridiculous. I mean, I get it because of the writer's guild. Yeah, right. yeah, because yeah, yeah, literally it's delayed because of the writers' guild. Everything and is waiting on the technology, Luigi. So where you can sit in the seat and actually become an avatar this time, like the yeah, technology. Yeah. To, you know, we need 10, 15 years for that. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's like <laughs> done. Yeah. Oh, so money off it. Done. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I don't even know if I want to see the um, the second movie. I haven't seen it yet. It's worth it's on my list. Good. It it's good. good. Okay. It you know, was, I thought it was a lot better than the first one. I don't know. Okay. I, I was too busy watching Succession, and now we're all caught up to that, obviously. So now, now, now we have time to, to catch up to all this other stuff. But season two of The Bear just came out today. All the episodes uh, as we're recording on Wednesday, June 21st. You guys can catch The Bear today. All episodes available on Hulu. You guys can binge it. And I'll probably finish watching it by two days from now because I love that show. Yeah, and not to mention uh, the first episode of Secret Invasion has also come out on Disney Plus starring Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, definitely check those out, guys. We'll be talking about those in our next episode because we've already got plenty of things that we're talking about in this one. Yes, sir. And then also just another update on because of the Writers Guild, of course. The three un untitled Star Wars films are also delayed. Um, so one, the one with Taika Waititi, the other ones with the other directors, I forgot their names. I can't think of it right now. Sorry, guys. But those are also delayed because obviously the writer's strike. So um, lastly, one thing that I wanted to talk about for our concessions was um, there was talks about the director was ran into someone, the director for the, the the Flash movie that came out this past weekend. Apparently, there was rumors that if the Flash, this this movie did well in box office, if it did, if it was a success, that there was going to be talks about a Batman Beyond movie, live action, with Michael Keaton as old Batman. And it did not do well this this weekend. So it didn't no, it has it not. What it would, what it should have. Yeah, it, it could be crushed. Um, from what I heard, that Michael Keaton did really well in this movie, so it's nothing against him. It's just, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll still get a Batman Beyond movie, but maybe it's just not the right time. You know, maybe it's not. That'd be cool. I don't know. I feel like it is a good time for a Batman Beyond movie. Why not? They're doing all kinds of crazy stuff at DC. Yeah, yeah. My exactly. Like maybe wait for it till like uh, DC the starts actually producing good movies maybe could be uh, a while bro. <laughs> yeah i liked the first shazam uh i think there's there's some good things that they've done with uh, the first wonder woman the first aquaman had some pretty good qualities I'm trying to think I'm trying to think uh, I, mean, I feel like there's more i just uh it's not coming to me right now <laughs> Not coming to me at the moment. All right, moving on. Anyway, uh, next up for me, I do have I do have some previews for you guys. I got some trailers. Uh, so there is a Pixar movie coming out next year, March first, called Elio 
and it is about a little boy who ends up getting abducted to meet the alien leaders from across the galaxy all through a case of mistaken identity as people love to do in movies what i saw in the trailer it looks it doesn't look like it's going to be anything groundbreaking the way pixar usually does i think pixar has been trying to move i don't i don't know what direction pixar is moving in but this movie not to be rude doesn't look like anything special uh, it doesn't look like a story that hasn't been told a million times. It looks like a story that has, in fact, been told a million times. Uh, the animation doesn't look any, it doesn't look special. I mean, Elemental, I'll give it that. It's not getting great reviews. It's getting mediocrity, but they're saying that at least the visuals live up to what Pixar has done over and over again. And from what I saw, even that was just like, eh, there's not a whole lot to see here. So we'll see what, what happens with Elio uh, on March 1st because Pixar is not doing great at the box office lately. I was about to say, bro, do you think uh, the time has finally come where Pixar is no longer the standard? Like, they've, I feel like the last, what, like five to ten movies have been kind of like, meh. I feel like that could be the case, especially when you look at Disney's history. Uh, you know, they, they have slumps. Like, <laughs> Disney's big slump was like in the 80s. People consider part of the 70s not very great for for Disney as well. And then they had their renaissance in the 90s, right? The 40s and 50s were like the golden age. Um, I feel like Pixar could see something like that, especially there's just way more competition. What Sony is doing with movies like Across the Spider-Verse and um, Miller's versus the Machines, if you guys ever watched that movie, that is an excellent animated film. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, the animation is fantastic. The story is great. Not to mention, Illumination is doing great things. I don't personally love the the minions. They kind of annoy me, uh, <laughs> but they're doing <laughs> they're doing good things with those movies. And and the Super Mario Brothers movie just they knocked it out of the park with that one. So I feel like Pixar may have some serious competition. Yeah, I we think need to start looking at at their storyboards and say, are we pushing the boundary? Are we doing something different? Because I feel like their last really good movie was Turning Red. What was that, 2020? 2020. Um, Luigi, you're right, dude. Like Movies like Across the Spider-Verse, the animation. I don't, Tom, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Not yet. The animation is just absolutely like out of this world. Out of this world. And I thought the first one was like amazing animation already. This one just like kind of... If not, they just took an extra step. Like there was like, all right, we did this, we were able to do this. Now we can do that. Um, the Puss and Boots movie, the Puss and Boots movie uh, from last yeah. year, amazing yeah. animation. I thought it was amazing as well. I think it like kind of took a script off off of uh, the first uh, Spider-Man movie uh, across That's, the universe. I feel like Dream the the execs at DreamWorks saw that movie and were like, uh, we need this for Puss in Boots. We need, yeah. to, we need yeah. you guys to make this movie so we can revive Shrek. Thank you. Not only that, but also uh, Guillermo the Toro's Pinocchio. That animation was amazing, bro. Like, uh, There's a lot of animators right now that are just stepping up their game. And at the same time, MCU CGI fucking sucks. Like, What's what's going on here? Well, let me <laughs> get some movie reviews. I'm going to talk to you about some CGI. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying, dude. Like, The animation is getting fucking amazing. Like, Pixar needs to like you said, they need to step it up. Um, I think what Pixar, what we all liked about Pixar is like they had a lot of stories like within 
morals within that storyline of the movie that we grew up like there was always a moral and like something behind that movie that like you know it hit us a deep connection to you right yeah. like the best example is always going to be inside out probably what most people we can argue it all we want what most people consider their best film is inside out and it just goes over some of the things that like you didn't even think to articulate as a child and i'm like man if i had seen this movie as a kid i would have been able to talk about how I felt about things more. That makes a lot of sense. Not not only that, but also for the parents of like how you can affect your parents, like moving away across the country can really affect the kid. Um, True. And, another state, another city. Yeah. Yeah. Another, yeah. A whole like across the country from Michigan to San Francisco, it can really affect the kid. And sometimes you're just so worried about your job because you're stressed out about your stuff. You're stressed about your life and your adult life that you forget that your kid is also going through it. And um, yeah, that, that Inside Out is great movie. Very underrated movie, in my opinion. I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it enough. When you look at a lot of like best Pixar movie lists, it's always close to the top. It's like that one, Ratatouille. God, I, I think Toy Story. Up. Like the top. You know, Up is always Wall like in the top five. Wally is another one. But I've never seen Up get the number one spot, which to me is sad because it's my personal favorite. It's anyway. my number one. Yeah, yeah. But all right, let's let's move on from that because we could talk about Pixar and whether or not they're they're keeping up with with what they should be all day. But we'll talk more about that when we do Elemental Guys. Now, another thing that came out. I know you guys are probably not big big anime fans, but those anime fans out there, One Piece live action trailer. I've never seen One Piece. But it's got over a thousand episodes. <laughs> Probably the most episodes behind Dragon Ball Z, or more than Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball, right? Dragon it Ball might. series. I, it might honestly. It's it's so many episodes, and the live action version looks it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like it's going to be very accessible, and it looks like it's going to st stay true to what the characters are and the powers that they have. And, so it's going to be interesting to see. I know a lot of One Piece fans that are pretty hyped to see if this comes out to be any good. But August also, 31st. August 31st, also on Netflix. Also on Netflix. Netflix, they stay in the conversation. They, they stay, stay in anime, bro. They like they know how to do anime. I'll, I'll say that. They love them anime. They know how to stay relevant is what yeah. it is. It doesn't matter what genre. They're like, we're, we're going to have you talking about it. It's like, we're going to put something out there. That you're gonna want to see whoever you are. I don't care who you are. You're gonna want to see something yeah. from our streamer, uh, which I'll talk about more in a minute. But Jason, you got a couple of things that you wanted to mention as well. Yes, sir. In our trailers, I got one for one that I think Thomas will be excited about. Um, so, Winning Time season two, the teaser trailer came out. Um, that is about the Laker uh, uh, Magic Johnson's uh, whole thing about. You know, him getting HIV and stuff with story, pretty much how the Lakers first started to become the Lakers in the 80s and their whole story. We saw season one of how uh, Dr. Jerry Buss, RIP, how he bought the team. And within their first year, they drafted Magic Johnson and then won his rookie year, the championship in his first year. Crazy, but like all the drama and all this stuff. And then you kind of in this in this teaser from what I'm seeing, I think we're going to get multiple seasons of the Lakers in the 80s where they're losing championships 
and then they're winning championships, but like they're battling out with the Baltics and Celtics. You get a little bit more of Larry Bird. You just pretty much what what Magic and Larry Bird did to the uh, the NBA pretty much catapulted to what it is today. I don't think the NBA would be where it's at if it wasn't for this rivalry. And after this rivalry, the, the, the one of the greatest basketball players after that took over and they were able to, to promote him in Michael Jordan. And they were just always able to find something to promote every like decade of, uh, since the eighties with this magic Johnson, uh, Larry bird rivalry. And I'm super excited for this. Cause I really like the first one. I thought, um, well, what, what's his name? Um, John C. Riley, I thought he did an amazing job as as a uh, uh, Dr. Jerry Buss. Um, I, I love the way it's shot. I love the way it's directed. Like it just it looks like sometimes like you're watching like a eighty show. Uh, yeah. Just the way it's shot, it's just so amazing. And it's gonna come out on August six on Max. Thomas, you got to say anything to say about that? No, man. Just uh, I agree with you. Like they, if I'm gonna trust the show to anybody, it's gonna be HBO, and, and they nailed the first season bro like you said the cinematography the way it feels like an old show but it's obviously a new show like that's yeah they just knocked it out the park so season two should be just as good i hope being biased lakers fans that you know enough are watching this they're just gonna make lakers till we get to the shaq and kobe era in the 2000s that'd be cool you know a little homage to kobe um, they could build. They could build this for many seasons up to like where we were with LeBron. I mean, I don't know. That's just the Laker fan in me. But they got plenty of material to work off of. So, and even if they do another team, that'd be cool. But as basketball fans, you know, this is this is a great like mix of both worlds. Like where we love good TV, we love good basketball. So, give me all of it. <laughs> yeah, man, that's awesome. Like I didn't even think about that. I thought it was just going to be the Magic Johnson era. But they could take it to the 90s Shaq and Kobe era. Like, they really could. Yeah, there's a lot and of – Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely ready for season two, man. It'll be good. Hell, yeah. Um, Another one, uh, this just came out today. A trailer came out today. Super Mario RPG, a video game that's going to be available on Switch November 17 of 2023. It's a complete remake of Super Mario RPG from the 90s um but it just you know man mario technology out this year <laughs> yeah Make it, uh, it looks cool yeah. mario makes money yeah I, I'm, I'm okay with rpg games like um i'm not good at them <laughs> I, don't, I don't invest myself in rpg games although they're really fun i just after a while i'm like Ugh. all right let me let me just go play some uh uh, first-person shooter games, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, there are some RPGs that I really enjoy, so I, I can't say that. It's just been a hot minute. All right, let's move on into TV land because I got some things that I watched. Jason, have you watched anything? Just Succession. And uh, are we going to get into that now or, or later? No, we're going to get into that in a minute. I got a couple things that I'm just going to quickly run through. Started watching this one on Netflix, shocker. Uh, you guys are both, I think, going to be interested in Arnold, the documentary on Arnold Schwarzenegger with, I mean, I heard it's access to him, too. Like, he's doing interviews for every single episode. It goes from when he's a child. Uh, I think I'm on, like, halfway through the second episode, so where he starts becoming a movie star. 
a movie star, <coughs> it is it's pretty good. It's extremely interesting. It makes me want to see every single one of his movies. Yeah, I've heard it's really good, this this series. And yeah, it gets like very in-depth with him. And like you said, he's there on board for all of it. So and apparently there's a big deal about his illegitimate son, John Dana, who comes out in it. And he's like, he's openly like, yeah, that's my son from, a, from an affair. <laughs> like, okay. All right, Arnold. I got you. Chopper. <laughs> Get to the chopper. All right, that was terrible, by the way. That was my That's my bad. That's my bad. I do have another late hot take, and this one is for you guys, specifically for a friend of the pod, uh, Eric, but I know you guys were shocked that I hadn't seen it yet as well. I finally saw 1996's Scream, so that's I've got a late hot take on it. I can see why Scary Movie used Ghostface as the main bad guy now. Because that movie's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it is so out there. Like, you could tell that it's made as a satire for horror movies. But it works. It works. It's funny. Uh, it's still got jump scares. And they talk about so much horror movie lore that if you're just a movie fan, you will enjoy watching that movie. Yeah, you see... Uh... Where it all, like you said, it is a satire from the start and nothing's really changed. I feel like even the newest movie, like, it's still a satire overall. Really? Yeah, it's obviously, like you said, like horror elements to it, but that's that's my main takeaway is, yeah, no matter what, this that's what they make these movies for. They're not true horror movies. They're like satire movies. So Yeah, I, I thought it was just a great time. The whole time, you're like, man, they're giving some heavy hints as to who the killer is, but they still trick you a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Okay. I see you. Yeah. So I had fun watching it. And it was, it's not one of those movies that you absolutely have to sit down and watch every second of it. Mm -hmm. so if you're kind of a busy person and you're like, you know what? I just want to put something on that I haven't seen, but I got to cook some food or I got to fold clothes. I would definitely put on Scream. It's, it's fun to watch and you'll still enjoy it even if you miss a few parts here. Hey. Yeah, that was me for that one. I'm glad you finally watched it. <laughs> I started watching Mission Impossible, but that one you have to sit down and watch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you're I was to, doing I was stuff. About to say next, you got to watch Mission Impossible. So I'm glad you did, bro. I tried. I'm gonna have to restart the whole movie though, because <laughs> I really I got very little out of it except for spoilers that his entire first team dies. Uh, <laughs> that's all I know. I was like, oh. <laughs> I don't know how this got how we got here, but okay. Yeah, but now some of those scenes are iconic where like he's like trying not to hit the floor. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to to see what all the fuss is about because that new movie looks Oh bro, I can't wait. Can't uh, suspension of disbelief, right? Like he's he's pretty, pretty yeah in age, but if I can watch superhero movies, I can watch action movies. So exactly. And honestly, and that first, that first, in my opinion, I mean, who knows? But in my opinion, that first Mission Impossible is probably the, not the worst one, but not one of the better ones. Like the second one, beyond, like it just really starts to go from there. So, if you can get through that first one, man, I think you'll really enjoy the rest of it. Okay, so it's gonna be like a Star Wars Clone Wars. That first season was rough to get through. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, this is boring. <laughs> oh my god 
But yeah. then once you get into the next, sorry, Jason. Once you get into the next seasons, you're like, okay, okay, I got some character development that works. I got some, I got some lore that that's interesting to listen to. So, mm. yeah, I'll I'll give the second movie a chance, even if the first one's not great. Uh, that was it for me, boys. Because then I do have some openers for the feature presentation. Because uh, they are movie reviews. I know you guys haven't seen it, but spoiler zone. So if you really were just like, man, I have to know everything about The Flash when I see it. I want to be surprised. Then you should probably walk away right now. Skip uh, this. Say take what? Ten minute break. Go take a ten minute break. We're gonna do some spoilers from these films, and uh, before we get into uh, succession, a real presentation. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. So first off, starting with The Flash, directed by Andy Muschietti, uh, starring Ezra Miller. It is, gosh, if I had to rate it, I'd probably give it a 6.5, 6.4. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, I think now I know why they couldn't take Ezra Miller out of that movie. <laughs> he is in literally every scene, and there's usually two of him in all of those scenes. Damn. So that would have cost a lot of money to recast and then do reshoots for. Like, it would have been... <laughs> I don't see how they would have done it. But standouts for me in terms of acting um, and just overall excitement of the character, of course, Michael Keaton's Batman. No joke. They played the original score from the movie, which also comes out in the anime. Oh, so sick. Yeah. And he's in the Batwing. Like they're coming out of the Batwing and it's all dusty and it goes through the waterfall all clean. They're going out into the night. And you hear, -na 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 -na. I was like, am I getting emotional right now? I'm a three-year-old man. What's happening right now? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? But I, I legitimately was like, this is amazing. This is, this is nice. So we'll get those moments with Batman. Like, Michael Keaton's Batman was the fucking man. He was he was great to watch in that movie. I enjoyed every every time he was in a scene. I mean, Michael Keaton's a great actor. Batman is a pretty, like, bulletproof character. So it, it was just, it was fantastic to watch. I think Sasha Calle's uh, Supergirl was really, really interesting to watch. You don't get a lot of her, but she is likable and she looks, she looks like a badass in her costume. So it worked out for me. Uh, she doesn't have a lot of lines and she's not in the movie a whole lot, but she plays a fairly important role. Henry Cavill got axed from the movie completely, which I found to be interesting because they included... They included Nicolas Cage's movie of Superman that never even got made. That was supposed to be directed by Kevin Smith. And they included that as like a cameo. They had a cameo of uh, a CGI Christopher Reeves, which was probably the best CGI they had in the whole movie. They had the original Superman from like 1950-something. I don't know. Y'all can, can tell me what that was. But the original actor, who I think also killed himself. Yes, yeah, actors have not had very good luck in life. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they had all these worlds colliding, and it was all the different DC worlds. Like it showed Adam West's Batman. It was very much a, oh, a real <clears throat> of all these different DC versions of superheroes. Uh, you get to see Ben Affleck's Batman in the beginning a lot, and he actually again does a pretty good job as Batman. I I think Ben Affleck. If he had better writing than he did in Justice League, would have been a really good Batman. I think he would have been a really fucking good Batman. 
uh, of course, the the writing in Justice League was trash. In this one, it's a little bit better. Uh, Wonder Woman comes out for a short minute, so you see Gal Gadot again at the beginning. I will say the CGI. Jeez. I heard it was not good. <laughs> no, it looks like... You remember the Final Fantasy movie that came out in the early 2000s? They... Um, it's like slightly better than that, I guess. It wasn't It wasn't great. It, it looked like there were times where you looked at Ezra Miller and you could tell they were doing CGI to his face. Like they had a stunt double and they just like put his face on the double or something. I don't know. Or they were trying to make one version of him look younger and it just didn't look right. It didn't sit well. But what I will say is they had so much CGI in this movie that I can see that they probably were trying to save money. For me, I don't know if it worked because it sticks in my mind how bad the CGI looked. Um, but it, it, you could tell that they, they did at that. They spent a fuck ton of money on that CGI. It was a lot. And it is the same storyline. It's flashpoint. He goes back to try to save his mom. Uh, in this version, by the way, he's like half Spaniard. So his mom is a Spanish speaker, but she's from Spain. You can hear it in her accent right at the beginning of the movie. Um, I don't know if that was trying to appeal to Hispanic audience, but eh, you got some Spanish in there. So <laughs> there was that. They got, uh, let me see, what else did they have in this movie that was pretty interesting? The fights were pretty fun to watch, and you got a lot of them because they would go back in time and redo them. So that was, uh, there was no... That, that's probably one of my biggest issues with the movie is that there's there's like huge stakes at the very end, but as you're watching, you know that there are none. You know, and he can go back a million times and try to change things. Although by the end of the movie, you can see that there's only so much that he can do to change. For example, when they get into the big battle with Zod, I found it interesting that they did give stakes where it's like, nope, both Batman and Supergirl are going to fucking die in this battle and there's nothing you can do about it and you're going to lose. And it's all because Superman never landed on earth. So I, I found that to be an interesting take on the story, uh, especially because it shows like, well, even if Sasha Kaja's Supergirl had, had um, been a little bit more ready, that could have changed things. Otherwise I, I don't think anything would have changed. And that so that was an interesting part of the story. I think Ezra Miller's acting actually was, was fucking good. Was that's what that's good. what I heard. That like he, yeah, there were several scenes where he abducts people, so he was right at home. Pretty good. Yeah. Oh, so so they were they were method acting then, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He was just getting ready for this the role. Time, this whole time, they were method acting. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Who would have thought? That's <laughs> that's why all of this is happening. Um, yeah, I will say his suit looks good, but it's also pretty much all CGI. I I think Spider-Man, if we're going to compare characters that are pretty much all CGI at some point, Spider-Man looks better. And that said something because Marvel CGI has a with CGI, so I, I think their VFX is just—it was too much for their team to handle. Uh, one of the only characters that looked pretty solid in CGI most of the time was Supergirl, and the Batman characters. So <laughs> right. We had a guest. 
We got a secret. That was a cameo. That was a cameo from the Flash. Um, that was a black cat from uh, from uh, Spider Man. There you go. There it is. There it is. Luca. There is Luca, bro. He he likes the Flash. He wanted to come listen in on it. Yeah. Yeah. It. I mean, it's going to entertain you. When you go into that movie, it's going to entertain you. Are you going to love it? Mm, not really. But are you going to hate it? I didn't hate it. So that, that was my take on it, boys. Uh, again, I would probably stick to a, maybe 6.3. 6.3. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land on a 6.3. You barely passed the class. Maybe not even passed, but you were present enough is what you're Yeah, saying. you get the credit. You get the credit. To go. Yeah, it was one of those like, yeah, would, would you recommend watching it in theaters is what is probably the main thing. That's hard because the action scenes are great, but the, again, a lot of CGI doesn't look good. So yeah, I would say that for some of the scenes, watching it in theaters was ideal, but especially the scenes in which he's in what is called the speed force, where he's going back in time and he's going so fast that he's able to run backward through time. Those are some of the worst CGI because it's like events caving in on themselves, like in a circle around him. And they're all different versions of those events. Like as if he's going through reels of time, right. It all looks like really bad CGI, like really bad. So I just don't get like for whether it's Marvel or DC, like, Shouldn't 80 90% of your budget for these movies be like CGI based? Like, I just trips me out how, like you said, they, they probably ran out of money or like there's money issues. I don't know. You should know going into these, like, hey, this is a C like at like an avatar movie, like, they know their whole budget's gonna go towards the CGI. Like, I don't know. It just they probably had to pay the actors quite a bit because they're all, yeah, really yeah, that's true. But still, man, it's 2023. How are we getting such bad CGI? It's like, regressing it seems like i don't know I, I agree i feel it does feel like we're regressing it's crazy it's it's all about how much money they're saving so i i would say that that's that's the big that was the big thing for me i'm not a huge dc person so i don't know a whole lot about flashpoint what i do know about flashpoint is that he does go try to save his mom and ruins the future of course in flashpoint there are different versions of batman like in flashpoint the version of Batman that, that the Flash meets is actually his father. Bruce Wayne dies that night in... Uh... Thomas Wayne is Batman. Yeah. And the Joker is Martha. Martha. Is it Martha? Martha? Martha Wayne. Yeah, and that's you like... You don't get that? No. What the fuck? Then that's not Flashpoint. You get Michael Keaton. You get Michael Keaton's Batman. and you... yeah, I mean, that's dope, but like... Bro, like I, I, I love the animated uh, uh Flashpoint movie. Mm -hmm. Like it's one of my favorites. I remember I, I made you watch it. Oh, I've seen it. I've already seen it. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's... but like it's one of my favorite ones, and like the storyline's so amazing. And the fact that we don't get that, like what what happens in like every universe, like the butterfly effect, right? Like the movie with you know, a reverse flash. I'll tell you that the main enemy is Zod. Pretty much. But you don't get reverse flash either. So No, you you don't get a whole lot of things in this movie, which is eh. I mean, again, like I I had fun watching it, 
because uh, the acting was a lot of fun. Like Ezra Miller was really fucking entertaining. Like he did a great job. Michael Keaton was just soaking up the screen. You know what I mean? In terms of story, I, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, hopefully they make a real Flashpoint movie. I, After this one, I don't think they will. Uh, maybe a long time from now. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's my take on it. A few good things, a few bad things. It it barely passes. It's watchable. I think that's uh that's as much as I'm willing to give it right now. But I won't say that it's terrible. A lot of people probably are saying that it's terrible. I don't think that it's terrible. I, I'm not hearing it's terrible. I'm just hearing it's uh disappointing. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, again, not because of the acting. And I really, I came in being like, Ezra Miller better be the best motherfucking actor on in on earth in this movie. Okay. He does a pretty fucking good job. Like, God damn, he plays two totally different versions of himself really well. Really okay. fucking well. And as acting with someone who's not there because it's himself. So it, it was, that's pretty solid. You get to see, you do get to see, uh, spoiler, you guys don't care. You do get to see Savitar which is a, a version of Flash that's from, like, kind of the – well, yes, the future. Yeah. Not super far into the future, like Reverse Flash or anything. So that's pretty cool. He play, Actually, he would probably be the main antagonist of the movie, but he doesn't show up that much because you don't know that he's the main antagonist until the very end. So they don't really build him very well. I'm not selling this movie very well, but what I will tell you <laughs> – what I will tell you is, as you're watching it, you're like, ah, I guess that makes sense. That's fine. We did see him for a second, and it makes sense that we don't know who he is because it's more of a shock factor thing. If you don't know who Savitar is, it is Barry Allen in the future, in a future in which, um, in the comics, I think, and in the shows, it's the version that's trying to save Iris West, but in the movie, it's the version that's trying to save his mom. So... That is a bit of a change that they also put in the movie. Now, I'm going to move on because the boys haven't seen The Flash. And I've got another movie to talk about that also is uh, one y'all not have not seen. I kind I think I enjoyed watching this one a little bit more. Like I, I had fun watching it. Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. What I will say about it is that it lasted a little too long. It it dragged a bit as a movie, even with really? good action. Say what? Really? Yeah, a little bit. I thought I thought that they probably could have cut a good thirty minutes off the movie. Or something. how'd you like? Uh, his name's Anthony Ramos, right? I thought he did a really good job. I mean, I'm I'm That's buying. What I, heard. I thought he, I thought he did. Everyone's from what I've been hearing. I haven't seen the movie, but from what I've been hearing, that he's he did an amazing job. Not amazing, but like, yeah, like he was, yeah, he was good. I'll say it again. If you get a good lead in these Transformers movies and not, not bashing Shia LaBeouf, because I actually liked him in the original Transformers movies. I oh, just thought too. the rest of those movies were trash. Um, but if you get a good lead in the Transformers movies, like Haley Steinfeld, Anthony Ramos, the movie, the movie runs more smoothly because you can write it on the back of that character. And I think he did a really good job. What, Jay? You got something to say, Jason? What's up? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought uh, I thought Shia LaBeouf carried those movies. He was the only good thing about them. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think to me, those movies were so bad that he couldn't carry them. But he was the only thing that I liked about those movies. 
Interesting. Okay. I guess. All right. Anyways. Moving on. Uh, (laughs) How was Cheetor? Cheetor doesn't come out that much. I mean, he's in the movie. You get to see him fight. You get to see him use a spear. But that's like, he's got maybe like four lines, three lines. I mean, that's okay. But like, how much do I see Cheetor in action? Uh, Probably two battles. Well, that sucks. (laughs) It's not a lot. It's not a lot. That was like that was like my favorite Beast War character. <laughs> you do get to see a ton of Mirage, which is the Porsche. Uh, yeah, Pete Davidson's character. I thought Pete Davidson's character was pretty fucking funny. I heard he was cool. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed the back and forth with him and Anthony Thomas's character. They uh, they held the story down with a struggling <clears throat> with a struggling character who's just trying to get on his feet and do the right thing. So you know, it it appeals to people's emotions a lot in the story. Uh, that I will say the the flash probably had a little bit better dialogue, but who who's surprised about that in the trans- yeah, it's I mean it's a transformers movie dude like what 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 kind of dialogue do you expect? you know what I'm saying I heard not, the- much, not great except I, for the jokes the track was pretty good. Say what? I heard the soundtrack was pretty good. Oh yeah, if you like your 90s hip hop and not just like not just the gangster rap like if you like you some trying called quest. If you like uh, the choices yours revisited, um, those okay. well, I think they played the original choices yours. That came out. If I'm not mistaken, they did some Eric B and Rakim. Okay. Uh, yeah. Diggable planets. I'm cool like that. I'm cool like that. I'm cool yeah, like they, that. I'm it cool had a fucking that. vibe. That movie had a fucking vibe. Like I was dancing in my chair, just singing the songs. I was like, I'm cool like that. Then my daughter got up in the theater and she's like, oh. Oh, well, I was like, yeah. No, she didn't. Yeah. No, she didn't. <laughs> no, she did. She dances in movies. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you get to hear Hypnotized by B.I.G., which was great. Oh. Uh, spoiler, in the, like, not the beginning, beginning of the movie, because that's where they introduced the Beast, uh, the Beast Wars characters and their planet and how they had to escape from Scourge. Um, but after that, it brings back to Earth, and Scourge finds out that there's this you know this this sacred artifact that he needs to find right that's that's how it goes so he they try to fight him the regular transformers the car transformers and he's about to kill optimus prime bumblebee jumps out and he just like stabs bumblebee and kills him right but as you know bumblebee is like the franchise character probably more than more than optimus prime yeah and so he gets to have a comeback, right? And you know it right when they say, oh, there's Energon, which is like the life force of these characters. Uh, there's Energon in these rocks in this special area that they were, where they met up with the Beast Wars characters, and they're all one unit right now. And they lay him on a bed of those Energon rocks. And then at one point, because they're like, oh, you need just a huge blast of energy to get it going to see if we can save him. And sure enough, there's this huge blast of energy because Scourge is going to bring um, this giant planet-sized transformer that's going to eat Earth, essentially, through a wormhole that he's created. And of course, and I will say, this was one of the coolest scenes to me of the movie. Uh, you you hear uh, you hear Mama said knock you out right when it starts all. Don't call it a combat. And then you see Bumblebee just drop out of a plane and he just starts shooting motherfuckers down. I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. That's funny. pretty cool. That's yeah, pretty cool. It, was, it was perfectly done. Like when 
you know when a movie understands itself and it knows what it wants to do and what it wants to do with the music it was it was perfect it gets you hyped in the moment and you're like fuck i forgot how much i love this character let's go bumblebee let's go so it was it was a lot of fun to watch uh, it helps that uh, the main character is Puerto Rican because uh, mi gente. You know what I'm uh, <laughs> so that was cool. It was a Hispanic character. They did have uh, some jokes about that as well. Not about him being Puerto Rican, but uh, <laughs> one of the Transformers is a Volkswagen. Okay. And he's got a heavy accent because it's the actor from Ted Lasso. I don't know if you guys know his name, but he's he's a Mexican soccer player. And you can hear his accent. And <laughs> And uh, Anthony Thomas' character, he's like, Oye, de donde eres? Like, where are you from? And he was like, um, what do you mean? What are you saying right now? He's like, oh, I thought you, you just have a heavy accent. I thought you were, thought you maybe spoke Spanish or something. It was weird, though, because you're an alien. <laughs> I was just, I was just asking. He's like, that's pretty racist, my dude. And he was like, How's no, no, no. He's, a, he's, a, he's a robot. How's that racist? <laughs> so that was, that's that was funny. Yeah, no, that is funny. That's funny. Yeah. And yes, Jason, you were talking on the pod. Uh, so, so Mirage pretty much sacrifices himself to save Anthony Thomas' character. So he's only got certain parts of his body that are still working. And he uses those parts of his body to uh, get onto Anthony Thomas' character. And it's like a super suit, kind of like an Iron Man suit, but a Transformer suit. And that's what everyone's talking about, like a human as a Transformer. Oh, okay. It's, he gets like this suit that gets put onto him. It, it looks okay. Uh, I don't hate it. I didn't. I, it, it made sense for me because I always wondered, like, what are the humans going to do? Like, what, what are they even there in the battles for? And then with this, I was like, oh well. I mean, he's got some stuff. He's got he's got some things that he can use to defend himself. Okay. Okay. So I love the movie. Uh, I really enjoyed watching it, and uh, I'd probably give it a six point six. So higher than the Flash. I for for me personally. Uh, I was talking to Gabby about it, and she's like, uh, nah, I think The Flash was considerably better. But I think that's target audience. I feel like Transformers caters to more of a male audience, whereas The Flash is a little more widely widely beloved okay. as a character. So now, I don't know if that's the case. Now but- talk to me about the uh, Hasbro. Um, so yeah. as some of you may know, Transformers is a Hasbro toy product. Um, Hasbro has also made other movies with, I think, I think they've made other movies with Paramount. Battleship. Say what? Battleship. Battle. That's right. Taking it back, yeah. Battleship. <laughs> Next up will be Monopoly. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's going to include all the characters in succession. Now, <laughs> they they have made. They have made uh, a set of movies that we all know as the G.I. Joe movies. And it teases a crossover. Anthony Ramos is getting recruited to be a G.I. Joe. uh, And obviously that means he's in the same world as the Transformers. And apparently there is is evidence of this in comics, I think, where there have been Transformers G.I. Joe crossover. So we could see a a G.I. Joe transformers crossover in the near future what i will say is again i'm liking these transformers movies more than the early ones if you guys i know my two other podcast mates here are big fans of the first one 
uh, I thought they were all pretty bad movies up until Bumblebee, but they always had good action. Always had good action. I will never take away the amazing action that you see in those movies, but that was pretty much the only redeemable quality of them to me. I feel like in these, you do get some good actors. You get some good, uh, well, not good, but decent dialogue, and you can get invested in the story a little bit more. Uh, as I was mentioning before, because I think you can ride the back of those main actors a little bit more, whereas the script was so bad in the first ones that, <laughs> that even Shia LaBeouf could not save it. Although, again, probably the best part of the movie. It was probably the best part of the movie. So Yeah. I, I disagree, but yeah, I mean, no, you're not wrong on that last part. I think uh, Shia LaBeouf carries those movies for sure. Yeah, he was. I remember watching it, and I was like, he is the only good thing about this movie. <laughs> like everything else. Yeah, Megan Fox is terrible. Although he was terrible, wasn't bad to look at. I mean, you could get tons of people like that, but yeah, I That's get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It doesn't. Uh, for me, it just doesn't. <laughs> and the soundtrack with Michael Bay at the end, you know, just. Become I mean, a... <laughs> he's become a meme, yeah. Like Thomas said, yeah, yeah like fucking meme. What I've done. That was... <laughs> <laughs> See, I'll say that with uh, both Bumblebee and uh, Rise of the Beasts, they used popular music from different time periods. Really, thank funny. God. Really, <laughs> I, I I was really invested. I was like, man, I didn't realize how much I liked eighties music. And yeah, not not yeah. just Michael. Bay's a playlist that is listening to right now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it wasn't that. And then in in Rise of the Beasts, I was I was fucking jamming. I was like, oh, this is some good fucking hip hop. Let's go. It was oh, yeah. all New York hip hop too. So that that's was pretty dope. That's all right. dope. But all right, all right that's all right. our reviews, guys. We're gonna get into the main event of the evening. Uh, I would still say go check out Rise of the Beasts. Go check out Flash. We're gonna talk to you guys about Elemental next week. But succession. Me oh, and Jason, uh, <coughs> we marathoned four seasons of that show. Now we know we're a little behind. I've been this is, this is a pretty late hot take for us. Or not pretty late, just a little late hot take. Yeah, we're only like two weeks behind. Um, shout out to Thomas for uh, obviously telling us to watch this show. Um, bro, what it took me about. It only took you guys four years. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I watched all four seasons in uh, about a month, uh, yeah. a little, a little yeah. over a month. Honestly, pretty quickly, I was impressed. Yeah. Um, all I got to say about this show, like uh, without any spoilers right now, um, the acting's phenomenal. Um, one of my favorite things when I watch a show is my favorite actors are tend to be the ones that I hate. Um, reason being is because um, there's a good chance that I don't hate that actor, actress in itself, right? If I hate you in the, as a character, I think, and you're meant to be hated in the show, that means you're doing a fucking phenomenal job. And uh, So is Lena Headey your, your favorite actor in Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah, probably, dude. Like, I hate, I, I hate Cersei in Game of Thrones, but she's probably my favorite actress because I fucking hate her, and I'm sure she's not like that in real life. But if, if I were to fucking run into her, I'd be like, I hate you, but also like, yo, can I get a, 
photo. You know what I'm saying? Probably um, say the third part first. The what? Probably say the second part first, and then tell her you hate her. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but but that, that that's what I'm saying. Like uh, you want to believe these characters, uh, especially when they're acting, especially in these type of uh, shows. Uh, I believed every character. Um, Greg is probably one of my favorites, only because um, I actually didn't. I didn't. I didn't point this out, but Jamie did. So shout out Jamie for this one. Um, I don't know if he's actually really like this, but like, if you notice, Greg's character like stutters when he's trying to talk. Uh -huh. Is that really him in real life, or is that him playing the character? Because if that's him playing the character, where he's like, like, because he's so nervous at like talking to people, it, and I just, it, it, and like just the way he does it, it, just comes so naturally. Like, does he really talk like that? Or is that because that's his character doing that? I want to say that's his character, bro, just because I've seen a few interviews of him, like on talk shows or whatever, and, and mm -hmm. he's really normal. You know, he seems like, okay, so, like Craig like, but he's not, you know, I think he is acting for sure. Like that is crazy. Best, yeah. Yeah. He, he comes a long way from his first, uh, the first episode where he's <laughs> throwing up. <laughs> Yeah, man, he definitely one of the better characters for sure. But who was who was your favorite character, Tom? Because uh, mine was by far Greg. Yeah, um, that's tough, man. It's hard to like pick a favorite. Favorite Greg was up there for sure, um, just because he obviously provides a comedic relief. He's just like, I think he's why everyone liked him so much. I was thinking about it is because he's like the only one. That's like us, like a regular person in this world, <laughs> like elite snobs, like people that have grown up in this circle and, and, you know, they're all like vicious cutthroat people. And I think the reason he was so relatable is because he's just like, if one of us was in the show or like, obviously he worked his way from being nothing in this family, being just a typical person to, you know, working his way obviously to the top. And uh, yeah, so Greg, I think that's why everyone liked him. That's why I liked him. He's just like a bumbling idiot, but he's also pretty smart as he shows later on. Yeah, um, I don't think he's an idiot, but like he's not as because, like you said, like he came from smart. the bottom. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he doesn't know how it is to be a shark, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. There you go. He's just naive, like naive yeah. character. Um, but honestly, man, I think my favorite was probably. Oh, man, I'm going to have to say, I don't know, because I go back and forth between Logan, but I also really like Kendall, but I also really like, you know, it's hard. It's, I don't know, it's hard to say. I like Roman for, like, parts of the season. Like, it's hard to pick, but I, I'm going to have to go with Roman just because he <laughs> kind of, like, throws a monkey wrench into everything, provided a lot of, like, comedic relief. Uh, so, yeah, but it's hard to pick, man. They're all, like you said, the acting, even Shiv, if, if, that's your cup of tea like great actress really makes you hate her like you said um but that that's what made the show everyone in it was just a phenomenal act so it's hard to pick how about you luigi did you have a favorite or least favorite i mean my least favorite characters were the three siblings like <laughs> throughout the entire show like there were times where i was like oh kendall's okay and then he'd do something i was like Fuck you, you selfish, self-centered, entitled piece of shit. And then you're like, oh well, maybe Shiv, maybe maybe Siobhan's not so bad. She's she's just trying to do her thing. She's trying to be as cutthroat as everybody else. And then you'd be like, 
fuck you, Shiv. Like, what? Do you have no morals? And then for a long time, I was like, Roman's got to be the best sibling as a person. He's got to be. The, he just seems like the best. And then by the end of the final season, you're like, fuck it. Hey, no, you're not. You are the <laughs> You're the same as the rest of them, you spineless little fucking monster, you. He um, was um he showed himself too weak at the end. Yeah. He suddenly became very weak. Um I think, I think that's always been there. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean you can see it, but before he was always led by his father, so it wasn't as obvious. Uh, because his father just told him what to do, as those characters famously say throughout every season of that show, because my dad told me to. <laughs> and then they wonder why nobody respects them as business people, because they're doing whatever their dad tells them to. Like, what are you yeah. even talking about, bro? Both, I, I remember vividly watching Kendall do it when he destroyed Walter. And then I remember Shiv doing it, I think with a congressman or someone else, uh, obviously they did it with different attitudes in their voices, but it was the same thing. Like you don't have your own, you don't have your own thoughts. You're just, you're just doing whatever your dad wanted you to do. Well, I think, Jay, I was going to say, we should backtrack a little bit. Let the, the viewers know, as I say, Jay, you're good at this. Like give, give the people, what's the overview of succession before we talk about the end? What's it about? What's going on here? Who are these characters? Give us a little uh, synopsis. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that, Tom. Because uh, when I tell stories, I, I tend to uh, elongate them, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying before we give the people the ending, what we thought about it, how it all concludes, like what, Wait. what's it about? What's going on here? Give us a quick summary just so the people know in case they no, have. Yeah. Give the people what they want. <laughs> what they they think? No, yeah, no, no. Good, good point. Good point. So if you guys haven't watched this show, uh, highly recommend available on Max, right? Not HBO Max. Four I heard, seasons. I heard uh, someone say that Peacock should do what HBO Max did. If you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Peacock minus the P, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love how the, how they posted that on Twitter. We're not dropping the first part of our name. Don't worry. <laughs> Anyways, just had to. Uh, Go yeah, ahead. I love that. That was, that was great. Now I'm mad. Yeah, I, I will say this. It, it kind of helps, too. Like, if you're going to watch Succession, like, the very first time, because we, we just press play, and we're like, and they kind of just go right into it, and you're like, what? who the fuck are these characters? Like, well, what? Like, you're kind of, like, catching up in the very first episode. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty much the whole gist of it is Logan, uh, the father, he owns a major company. Like, he controls media. He controls cruises. He controls a lot, like a lot of entertainment industries, kind of like the yeah. billionaires that we know today. He is essentially Walt Disney merged with Rupert Murdoch. Like that is yeah, exactly. Or, um, what, what what's that one that has like a stake in everything? Um, Vanderbilt or something like that. Yeah, there's a Vanderbilt or BlackRock or something like that. Like yeah. they own like a stake in everything. So they're, they're those people, and um, it's pretty much right in the beginning of season one, episode one. Uh, this man that owns everything that he he built it from the ground ground up gets really sick and he has four kids and they're all trying to like whoa if he passes like who's going to be next of kin pretty much and obviously it's in the name guys succession who is going to be the next successor to run this company and uh these kids uh 
they they grew up their whole life being spoon fed by him. And I don't really. You can blame Logan. I can't say I, I can't say you can blame Logan. Logan, the way he grew up and he wanted to build his own thing. Right. This is the way I see it with Logan. And that's why I like him. He had a shitty ass fucking growing up, like the way he grew up, lost his sister as, as a young age in an early age through a sickness. Right. They, they talk about it at the very end because uh, he doesn't like to talk about his past. All he wanted to do was to be successful. So his fucking kids didn't have to go through what he went through in poverty. What he didn't realize is that's not all about what parenting is and having a good life. He gave them everything they needed, but he didn't, he wasn't a father figure to him. And that's where he fucked up terribly because these kids were spoon fed and just think, thought that they could be like, have the whole world to themselves. And that's where Logan messed up as a father. Well, it also sounds like they were mentally abused by him because he was mentally abused. caring. He was also very, never very hard on them in a sense that like they didn't, it was like shocking for them to hear him say, I love you, like in the show. Whenever it would happen, it was like they didn't believe he was saying it. Yeah, like, are you serious right now? Or are you just... emotion? Yeah, like, like, you, like you just said, Luigi, like, are you serious right now? Or are you just trying to get a leg up on us so we can agree with you? So we can agree to this because we have a stake in this company? It's just so crazy. Um, as you watch the show, sorry to interrupt. But as oh, you watch ahead. the show, did you get this, like, strong sense that he used to pit them against each other a lot? Like, a lot. Oh yeah. Like tons yeah. of mind games to see who just to see who would come out as the victor or to get what he wanted out of the kids in some way or another. Oh, yeah. I, I agree one thousand percent. I feel like it was a and we never really get the answer, but I feel like it was always a struggle for him of okay, I need to see who's gonna be my successor. I'm gonna put him through shit tests. Yes. Together, but also trying to balance obviously just like raising them, a good father. And as is the case with a lot of like real life billionaires and just people that are regular ass people, it's, it's a balance of, yeah, you want your kids to be better than you, stronger than you, you know, have a good head on their shoulders, but also in this case, when you can give them too much and like, there, there's just so much going on. It's that seesaw of trying to be a good parent, but when you're a billionaire like this, and you know, someone's going to have to take over, I feel like that's where his struggle was. And, and they never... They do externalize it, and you can tell he's, like, as he's getting older, getting sick, he's kind of like, oh, crap, it's a little too late for me to, you know, try to love them or try to, you know, maybe I was a little too harsh on them, trying to figure out who's going to be my successor, and now we're in this weird space where they never got either of what they were supposed to, enough love, but also, like, enough of a backbone, enough of an identity themselves to, like, really stand out or be worthy of taking over his company and that's pretty much where the struggle comes in for the whole show is like none of these like you said luigi none of them really have like a an identity or they have they do they think they do but in all reality they're really just trying to like fill his shoes which none of them ultimately live up to so i don't know that's what makes it so interesting that just one of the dynamics that makes the show very interesting and relatable i guess and I thought, I mean, obviously, a big part of it also is let's let's not pretend that he doesn't have this. He has an ego. Like oh, yeah. He has a fucking ego. Like, he doesn't want to let go of the reins, which is a part of the problem in the first season and how everything kicks off. But I, I noticed that that was – he came to the realization that none of his kids 
we're going to be able to run that company correctly. And that's why he was willing to sell to Matson, which is in the later season, uh, I guess the end of the third season and all of the fourth season, where he decides, you know what, I'm going to sell to this streaming tech app company, uh, which is run by a Swedish guy who's also so, such an asshole. But he in some ways of Logan. Yeah, Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah. And he reminds me of Logan in a lot of ways in which he is pretty fucking cutthroat. Like, he is a cutthroat motherfucker. And I appreciate that about him because it seems most of the time like you are getting you're, – you're getting what you see with Skarsgård's character. He is an asshole. Yeah. He's open about how much of an asshole he is. I think Logan was actually probably more likable than Skarsgård's character, but they had – they had those similarities, and I thought that is why Logan was willing to sell. He thought, am I going to leave my company to these three kids that don't seem to understand how to make my company work and how to have the correct backbone? You go back to the first season. You go all the way back to the first season. He doesn't want to give Kendall the company because Kendall gets overexcited about his own ideas and doesn't think them through, right? That's the beginning. That's, the only, that's just the first thing. That he notices about Kendall, and then he starts seeing that Kendall does get unhinged. He does have drop-offs with his drug problem. Of course, those stem from his need to have acceptance from his father, even though he pretends he doesn't. Uh, it's this whole inner, this whole inner turmoil with Kendall, where he wants to be better, thinks that he's better than his father, but then you watch him, and he is a worse father probably than his father was. Yeah. When you when you yeah. watch what he's doing, he spends almost no time with his children. Doesn't even take them to work. And when they call, he's like, put the bunny on the phone. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Some of the things that I saw, and I wanted to bring this up to you guys, because I know you guys will probably have opinions of this. You see that the way he raised Kendall was he brought him into the company at what seems to be a young age. Uh, He's not young in the show, but you can tell he's been with the company for quite a while. Uh, You can see that Roman has been with the company for quite a while. Shiv, on the other hand, was never brought into the company. I don't know if it's because she was a woman or he just thought, I already have two sons in and they both suck. I don't want my third kid in there. Whatever reason he decided. But you notice that when he has conversations with Shiv, he is a lot kinder to Shiv and more willing to listen to her ideas than he ever is with Kendall and Roman, which is ironic because Kendall and Roman are the ones he actually put into the company. Yeah. I, what did you guys think of those dynamics? I th- um, go ahead, Jay. I think uh, I think he did that on purpose. Um, maybe he is a sexist person. I don't know, but I think him having a different opinion of like kids that he had within the company, see how they turned out, and I'm gonna have her outside of the company. But I think also like she's a girl. I'm definitely gonna kick her out. I wouldn't put that by Logan not doing that. But then him realizing later that she's really actually really smart. I think if probably he had the smarter one out of the group. I think if he had put her in the company early on, she probably would have been a clear successor. Oh, yeah. clearly, for sure. But I think the fact that she was a girl, and I mean that's Logan B. Logan, that's him old school, right? He all this stuff, like they 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 kept trying him like, hey, social media, all this stuff, like you need to get into it. And he's like, nah, fuck that. So I think that actually does have a, a lot to play in it. He but, loved his um, thing and he just never respected him, right? Yeah. But I think he does respect uh after, I think after a while, like he realized that uh Shiv is actually probably the smartest one out of all of them. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but I think he started realizing that she just wants too much uh, approval from me, like constant approval. I mean, I, I mean, that's how all of them were, Roman and Kendall, like constant approval. Like they just – and at the end, there, there's an episode where uh, Kendall finally asked Logan, like, why isn't it me? And Logan finally tells him, like, you just don't have that killer inside of you. You need to be a killer in this business. And I think he realized that, that Logan, like, all his kids just didn't have that in him. Kendall tried at the end. He tried he, to be. He tried. And, yeah, kudos to him, man. I, I felt sorry for Kendall a lot. Like, I know you hated Kendall. He's a bad father. I do agree. The whole situation after the end of season one where, I mean, he technically didn't kill that person. But that person died because of him. I will say that. Yeah, that person did die because of him. Um, but yeah, he just didn't see that killer instinct in him. And I think um, Logan did have Kendall by the balls in a lot of the seasons because Kendall's like, damn, I killed this person. My dad can easily destroy me if he wanted to. So he had to say a lot of, he had to say yes to a lot of things that he didn't want to say per se. And it wasn't until he's like, you know what? I wouldn't be stuck like this if I don't say anything. And that's, he's like, you know what? At the end of season two, he's like, I'm going to throw my dad under the bus. Fuck this. Yeah, he showed moments where he can be a killer. He really did. That's what makes this series so interesting to me. Is just like the character, whether it's Kendall, it's mostly Kendall, but it's also Shiv too. Where, like you said, they have their moments where, like, they're totally blackmailed by their dad, or like just called out and and looking very weak. But then, of course, just being humans, they have their moments where, like, Kendall at the end of season two, where he's like, you know what, fuck that, I'm gonna. Show my dad, you you, they, you get that sense from all of them that they almost have to like betray their dad or betray their family to get some respect get from him. Respect. Yeah, like it's crazy whether, whether that works or not. Obviously, it didn't really work out in the end, but like that's I feel like that's mostly all these companies too, whether they're related or not. It's like, how do I get the respect of someone who built something from the ground? And then it's even more complicated that they're my father, whatever. And you see all three of these characters, all four of them, uh, even with Connor, the older son, they all have their moments at one point or another where, again, they're just trying to be an individual, stick out and like, okay, figure out how am I going to like, you know, really take this over or prove to my dad that I am a killer or that I'm not what he thinks I am. And, and just the up and downs of all of them throughout the seasons, like you said, for a while, Kendall's riding high there. It really seems like, okay, like after battling drug abuse and being like at you know the rock bottom he comes back and really looks like he's poised to take over it doesn't happen but again it's just they fluctuate out throughout the whole the whole series and that's what makes it very entertaining yeah go ahead thomas i don't know that's pretty much it what i was just saying just yeah they go through each character goes through their cycle through the four seasons of of low points high points and it ultimately ends shockingly for all of them (laughs) (laughs) what i what i found interesting a lot of the times in the show was i mean you can constantly talk about the siblings because it's all about them but you they were able to ingrain humor into the show actually pretty i thought the first and second season not as much but the third and fourth season like there were some really really funny moments in the show even when they're shocking they're kind of funny like I laughed um, a lot. I laughed yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I found I found some of those moments just to be out out there. Uh, 
I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for the end, guys. Spoilers, the ending of the show. I'm about to say what happens. But when they're doing the final vote to see who is going to take over the company, to see if they're going to get to sell to Matson, which is the Gojo, which is the tech company that they're going to sell to, <coughs> Kendall thinks he has it in the bag. He's He's got everybody sold. And then Shiv has a change of heart. And you know, I have a theory about that. Okay. <clears throat> oh, give me that theory. Well, let, let me talk about the part that I find funny. Okay. When they go into the other room and Kendall is screaming at the top of his lungs, I am the firstborn son. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck am I watching right now? Is this a giant child having a tantrum right now? Because that's, that's what I felt. And I just started laughing because I thought that was the funniest shit. <laughs> but he was just like, I am the oldest. I deserve it. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And she's just straight, straight out with him. She's like, I love you, but I cannot stomach you. And I was like, that's that's fucking fair. He's got some stupid ass ideas, like fucking stupid ideas. Well, also why I think it's funny is he's not the firstborn son. He's not. Connor is. Connor is. <laughs> but Connor's never taken seriously because he's a fucking idiot. Like Fuck more him. than they are, which is shocking. He tries to run for president. That doesn't fucking work out. <laughs> So yeah, I, I it, my theory about Shiv was that she would rather she would be, rather be the wife of the man in charge than the sister who who keeps getting pushed out. Yeah, that was that was why I think she finally changed her mind because I do think that she can't really stand Kendall that much. Well, like if you watch their interactions. A lot of the time, I mean, she spits in that shake that they make him eat. Remember, and <laughs> and you watch them a lot of the time. I think she has a resentment towards him because it does seem like he was treated like he was he was brought physically closer to their father than Roman or Shiv ever were. And yeah. he also seems pretty entitled and spoiled from it. I mean they all are, right? But that would be my guess as to why. Yeah, I think there's hints as to why Tom ended up becoming the heir. Like um, Shiv does mention to Matson, like he'll 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 suck a dick whoever is in charge, right, or some shit like that. Um, he's willing to do what it takes to be the next up up. Not like his kids who feel entitled. Like he's been working his way up. He's he's meaning he's willing to do whatever it takes to be at the top. Which is why Shiv didn't get it because she was too pushy. Yeah, like holy shit! Like, why didn't we? Like, why didn't I see this before? Like, why, why didn't we see Tom ha like this before? Like, he's literally willing to do anything. He's he was willing to screw up his his fucking marriage. He yeah. threw his marriage under the table many times so he can do that. And I think Logan saw that in him, and that's why he like kept him in. And then Matson saw that, and he's like, "Damn, you're willing to throw your wife under the bus, bro? I gotta make you CEO, brother." Yeah, and she's pregnant. And she's pregnant. And she's pregnant. I think that was why Tom was like willing to stay with her. Right at the end, he just puts his arm out, but without any love. And you're like, oh. Well, yeah. And, and like you said, like uh, another loveless marriage of a CEO. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, like uh, it, it kind of like at the very end scene where he stuck his hand out and Shiv grabbed it. Mm -hmm. That could also clarify your theory. Like Shiv would rather be the wife of a CEO than keep keep getting pushed around by her brothers, mm -hmm. you know, because she grabbed his hand at the end too, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
I think she thinks she could influence him more, which she probably can. She probably oh, yeah. can. Yeah, you're the wife. You can influence him the way that she did when she was yeah. his boss. Yeah. I think that's going to change. That dynamic will definitely change. You could see it in Tom's face. He was like, I'm not going to deal with your bullshit anymore. Yeah, like he's like, uh, look at me. I'm captain now. I'm the captain now. To answer you guys' question, though, Tom, my favorite characters were probably Logan, Greg, and Jerry. Uh, those were the characters that I stuck oh. around with where I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, Logan, love Jerry. you get what you see, and he, he got shit done. He was an asshole, but you knew what he was. Yeah, yeah. Greg had the most morals, probably, on the show. I mean, he still sacrificed them when it came to money, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. He still had more morals, even though he was a leech. And then Jerry, again, for the most part, you got what you saw with Jerry, too. Like, she worked hard. She tried to help the company be the best it could be, and she stuck to one side. She wasn't constantly flip-flopping like other characters. Yeah, man. Um, I think, like, we... Just the fact that... Again, spoiler, we're already spoiled. But the fact that Tom is the one to ultimately take over none of the kids, none of the... You know, what we expected for a minute there, it looks like Kendall's got the blessing in the very last episode. Uh, it appeared that his siblings were, okay, finally had come to... And it's, like, really one of the only, like, wholesome moments of the show where all three of them are like, okay, you know what? You deserve it, Kendall. You know, you've been with Dad the longest. You're probably most fit to take over as far as business sense. And, like, it all seems very, like, a, you know, like it was going to end how most shows end. Okay, like, there is a successor. It's got to stay within the family. It looks like it's Kendall. They all agree on it. And... The way that Shiv just comes in like a wrecking ball last minute and kind of like steals that out from him. Um, I think it was just like the perfect ending. I don't know what you guys thought. I know people had different like people were truly hating Shiv and like how the fuck could she do this? Like she was just acting on emotions. She's pregnant. She's this, that. But the way I see it, like I had that five minutes of like, okay, when it seemed like Kendall was going to be the successor, it seemed cool. I was like, all right, like, you know. That seems like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, cool, rather him than like Gojo take over or whatever. But um, the fact that it ends with Tom coming out of left field, you know, Shiv again sacrificing uh, Kendall essentially, um, to me, it was always supposed to be a tragedy. This is a tragic story, like we were saying. Like, none of these kids were worthy of their father's hard work. They're all like scumbags in the end. Um, no matter how hard they tried to manipulate each other, manipulate their dad, manipulate the system, whatever it may take, like I found that it was ultimately so fitting that like none of them took it over and someone from the outside just like came in and snaked it. So what did you guys think about how it like ultimately ended? Were you happy with that? Were you sad? What'd you what'd you guys feel? So no. On the money, Thomas. Like, I love the way it ended. Um, I honestly, the only thing I'm mad about, I kind of wish Roman and Jerry ended up together. <laughs> I, lo I love Jerry, by the way. Um, but it, I don't know. I just kind of like their relationship when, like, she was talking shit to him and, like, he just was getting, like, turned on by that. Like, it was just kind of, it was, it was funny. And uh, you can tell that Roman really cared about Jerry. Huh? Roman, the little masochist. 
Yeah, like you can tell that he really cared about her because she, in my eyes, the way I, when I was watching it, was that Jerry was more of a mother figure to Roman than his mom actually was. And like, if if you notice Roman, yeah, and I think that's why I turned him on a little bit. And like, when he was saying, "Is like, oh yeah, my brother used to lock me up in a cage," but like, it's like, no, you like that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he liked yeah, that. Like, oh, you liked it. You wanted to be in there. You told us to put you in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, uh, and and that's the type of person he was. And like, you kind of already knew after that, after that episode, you're like, no, he should not be the heir, like at all. And that's kind of the thing, like, you know, throughout the whole series, like, that Roman's like a little weasel and he's weak. Like, you get all these little moments, whether it's with Jerry or whether he turns on Kendall at the end of season one in the vote against their father and he just fucking folds. Yeah. Yeah. Blooded folds. Or if it's up to the very end where he breaks down at the dad's funeral, like, actually for the first time and, like, yeah, and he can't give the eulogy. Yeah, he's you, trying to be strong, and it's like, dude, it it does happen, but like, bro, come on. Yeah, come that's the, that's the only one I'd give him a pass for. But when he throws a tantrum with Matson, and when he fires Jerry, and I'm, I hate yeah, when he fired Jerry, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you love those him. three tantrums. I was like, you're yeah. not fit to do this job. Like, it's okay to have emotions at a funeral. That's the, that's a place to have it, right? But I think Shiv handled her emotions way better, and Kendall was completely detached from the situation because he was – I'll give it to him. That speech was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, a great just, speech at the funeral. Yeah, what I disliked about Shiv was just – she was always like – well, honestly, like I, I can't be mad at her, but she was always constantly looking about herself and like was always fucking someone over, like just constantly looking about herself. And I guess in this business you have to, right? And that's what pissed me off so much because, like, I don't think I could ever do that. And I think that's why I hated her so much because, like, I don't know if I could ever do that. And and Kendall, too, himself. Like, all these people are just, like, constantly looking after themselves and, like, not what's best for the company. I don't know, man. Like, What always got me was their lack of, uh, <clears throat> lack of being in touch with reality. Mm-hmm. Like, where they genuinely thought they were more important than the rest of the world. And they would make it very clear. Like, they had no sense of the understanding of waste. Like, that episode where Logan throws out all the food because someone had put a raccoon in the... the, the for Shiv's wedding, I think, rehearsal or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was in like, the fireplace. fireplace. Lobster and steak and all this other stuff. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Kendall's just there smoking a cigarette like, yeah, cool. Uh, for- weird to me. For me, it was when uh, they're like, hey, we're not going to – I was like, we're going to close out on this deal if you guys cancel your PJs, your private jets. No more private jets for you guys. And they're like, what? No, fuck that. Yeah. That, that was – Private jets are wrong? Fuck that deal. But you, you got those hints in every season. Like, they always did something like that. And you're like, what the So, so selfish, dude. Like, just fucking take it, bro. What the fuck? And just, the, they just thought they were so much more important than everyone else. And it was it, it was so bothersome. Like, it, it, it made it difficult for me to watch the show. As I've told, as I've told you guys many times, like, I, I struggled watching this show at times until the final season because it just had more humor. And they had a lot of moments where they were just getting, they were getting, I guess, handled 
by other people and it was nice to watch yeah. like, these people aren't good either but that's the world you live in and that's what you deserve <laughs> um, I, I will say this uh i was happy when tom ended up getting at the very end because i was really upset when she was like on their wedding day right after they got married right, right after I was like, are, are you sure you want to be the only one that you sleep with? Can we have an open marriage? You pretty much just telling him, can we have an open marriage right after we made our vows? And he's like, dude, I don't. She's like, Tom was like, I don't want to sleep with anyone else. Just you. You're the one that I love. He's like, yeah, but I don't know if I want to sleep with just you. <laughs> yeah. And then he agree, and he agrees with it. And it got me so mad at Tom. <laughs> Well, it got me with that was that like you could tell that she was uh, she's afraid of and all of them. If you notice this with Roman, Kendall and Shiv, Connor, not as much. Actually, Connor is a much more open person, but he they're, they're all afraid to show any sort of vulnerability, mm -hmm. uh, emotion and like marriage is <clears throat> all about that. Yeah. Trust. And they were never taught that by their father. They sure as hell weren't taught by their absentee mother. So it. You see it, and you're like, of course she's going to say it. Fucking course she's going to say it. Yeah. But, dude, what pisses me off is he agrees to it, and then she goes, sleeps around, and he he's clearly upset because he didn't want to agree to it. He's like, already married. I, I fucking love you. I want to work this out so you don't have to sleep with other men. And then the moment that he starts doing it with other women, she gets fucking pissed. Yeah. yeah she's jealous. Fuck you. You're the one that wanted this. You know? <laughs> uh, that that that's when that's what made me hate hate Shiv the most. I was like, I, I'm done with that. I'm sorry. When she was uh, when she was trying to convince him, when she was trying to convince him of like the people that he was interested in, like, ah, do you really want that one? Really? And you could tell she's just trying to get him not to sleep with other people. Yeah, you're like you selfish child. You're just you're yeah, just and, and that's what made me hate Shiv the most, honestly. How did you feel about many, many, many times? <laughs> Tom, how do I feel about what? So, how did you feel about the finale? Giving you already hated Shiv, like, was it just on ten when she pulls that last minute, like, fuck you, or was were you kind of like, were you on ten? Um, more I, honestly, I was a little upset that she did that. I was like, damn. But the moment that like Kendall grabbed Roman by his face and pushed him in yeah. the glass, physically, like, it, it, it was just like. Kendall does not deserve to be. Yeah. No, never did. no way. Never did. Never did. And and you know what? Kendall was weak too. Like when you'd watch yeah. him trying to pretend that he was strong and like being okay with all the things that the media was saying about him, but he was just soaking it up and watching it. Like he, he had this own version of self-torture that Roman did. Yeah. Uh, and I think it also came from his dad where he was just like, but they're talking about me. They're talking about me. At least they're talking about me. Yeah. Right, like it was just the guy. The guy was out of touch, man. I I thought none of them deserved it at all. So I was very happy to see that. End. Yeah, I, I'm honestly not not mad that Shiv decided to ruin it. <clears throat> I think uh, Tom again, he's gonna do whatever it takes. Brothers. To, yeah, yeah. This the, the disgusting brothers. He can do whatever it takes to fucking run that company, and I think uh, made it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was the right choice. Uh, I think it was cool that he uh, gave Greg the the indication that yeah, you're gonna stay on all your hard work and being a little rat is gonna pay off. And 
He said, like, you're going to take a massive pay cut. They fucking hate you. He's like, but I got you. And he slaps him in the face. <laughs> oh, man. I love the relationship. That's by far the best fucking relationship in the show that I've seen. Like best as in entertaining? Uh, like uh, better than the relationship between uh, Joel and Ellie. Fight me on that. Yeah, yeah. What way? We fought each other on that several times. <laughs> yeah, I, I, in what way? Because the relationship is just so like, it's so unique. It is unique. Like they rely on each other's like in a weird way. Like it's just so funny. It's like genius weasels that needed each other. Like (laughs) yeah, that that I will agree with. At Uh, first, I hated Tom in in season one when he first met Greg, and he's like giving him shit. And I was like, Tom, like what the fuck? Like he's just. But if you notice throughout the seasons, and this is why I don't like their relationship that much, although. They have their highlights, but Tom just takes out all his aggression towards <laughs> his wife on Greg. And that's not fucking cool. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, every time something is a, even somewhat a mirror of what's going on with Shiv, he just loses his shit on fucking Greg. I'm like, fuck you, Tom, you fucking <laughs> bitch. Go talk to your wife then. No, 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 exactly. Yeah, Greg <laughs> is his wife. It's not Shiv. <laughs> <laughs> That's you don't get it, though. <laughs> and, and at the end, where Greg like fights back, you know what I mean? Like, oh, oh that was my dude. favorite scene of the show. I was like, yes, Greg. He slaps him back. Because that warmed my heart. And then even Tom was like, "Fuck, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom, what were you gonna say? Oh no, bro. Just I mean, Greg had to take it like. That's what Tom saw in him. Like, hey, there's no one else I can take this out on. You're not going to leave this because you're trying to snake your way into some, like, inheritance, too. So, like, exactly. It just, it was a cool dynamic. I agree with you, Jason. Like I can, a little abuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little abuse. I can see why you didn't like it, though, Luigi. Like, it's interesting to see both perspectives because, yeah, they needed each other, but they were also, again, theme of the show, they were just awful people. Like, yeah, and that that's that's the one thing that I'm like, well, Greg isn't like a perfect person. He at the end of the day is the one that hid all, all he's the one that went and destroyed all the information all the- on the cruises. So <laughs> yo, he, he was just worried about his uh fucking trust fund. That's all it is. Yeah, and you know? then he loses his trust fund. <laughs> so that, then, so then he has to do then he has to do what he needs to do to get his money, bro. Like I'm not mad at Greg because if I was in Greg's situation, my grandpa, uh, or no, I'm suing Greenpeace to get my money from my trust fund back. You're like, what? You're suing Greenpeace, dude? What the fuck, bro? Oh, that shit. It made me laugh. And I was like, you, you terrible person, you. Uh, All right. Any last, any last comments about the, the show? Yeah. Ratings. What, what, what do we rate the show boys? Like, uh, where, um, where, where is it? I'm rating at the lowest, so I'll start. Um, probably like a 7.1, 7.2. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that is so that what lifted it to a 7 for me was the acting. And I, I think the writing is better than any of the acting on the show, to be honest, because they make something that shouldn't be that interesting uh, into a very interesting concept. So the writing for me is some of the best writing I've seen in a lot of shows, but it's just personal preference, not 
not something that I would watch again. Not something I'd watch again. Word. I, I respect that. Um, I'm going to give it higher because I do like the acting. Again, to put on top of what you said, uh, this topic and about a succession and stuff like that, like the writing, phenomenal. So it has to go high. But also the acting, like it doesn't go anywhere if, without the acting. So I'm going to give it like a 9.1. Hell yeah, bro. One of my favorite shows out there. Prep. I would put it just under Game of Thrones. Okay. Okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. For me personally, as you guys know, I was the one that was always like, yo, you guys got to watch the show. You got to watch this show. Like, yeah. uh, I would say, and again, I'm not a big show person like you guys are. You guys have seen hundreds of more shows probably than me. But um, for me to even get into a show, it's like pretty rare. So this one catching my attention from the get go and just how good it was. I would say it's probably my favorite show like ever. Uh, and again, I haven't seen like I haven't seen Breaking Bad. I haven't seen Sopranos. I haven't seen a lot of the classics. So bear with me on that. But um, yeah, man, I just like Jason said, the acting is like top notch. Um, even just like you can find specific highlights and scenes from each actor in each season. It's just like, damn, this person acted their ass off. Like it's very believable. Like you said, Jason, they make you hate them with a passion because of how well they're playing these people that are just like absolute pieces of shit um and yeah i don't know it just to me it's so real world istic um as far as just like you know how how these companies work how people work with this like cutthroat society like uh, i don't know i appreciate that maybe because i kind of work in that i don't know but like <laughs> yeah it's just um I felt very relatable to this as opposed to like a Game of Thrones or something, which also has good acting, but like these are like real people, real world scenarios where like, yeah, there's just so much character development, like talking about for the last 30 minutes, like so many dynamics at play where at least me, I found myself like sitting back and thinking like, damn, like how does somebody write this in depth of a character, this in depth of a story like multiple times, you know? To where it's and the specific lines that they use, you can tell that there's a lot of like, there's a lot of moments in the show where they have certain conversations, and you're like, you can tell you've done that before. Like it's not in the show, but you yeah. can tell that that's like the way you act towards this character. And yeah, it never shows up in the show, or the way they can drop jokes in there without it being such an obvious like punchline joke. Yeah, exactly. Those, those are those moments where you watch the writing and you're like, this is masterful. This is like masterful. Yep. Yeah, you put it so well, bro. I feel like 95% of the shows out there, like, you know, okay, like, joke, punchline, like, that was supposed to be there. This is just very, like, fast-paced, like, Roman would say something, and then, like, Kendall would react a certain way, and it's just, like, how people actually act, or, like, actually, you know, like, call bullshit on each other, or just, I appreciated the dialogue more than anything. It's just, like, again, you're just, like, a fly in the wall the wall in the room of like people that you'd never be in these scenarios yourself but it gives i feel like a very accurate depiction of like okay kind of how this type of stuff goes down how these people are and like i don't know i just really enjoyed it and yeah i think it i think the way it ended really elevated for me because it was such a like intentional ending like you really think okay i'm with these characters for four seasons one of them's gonna get it (laughs) that like ultimately tragic and none of them do like but that's perfect because this whole 
I think this whole thing was meant to be like a tragedy. Like it was never supposed to be a like happy story. It was never happy characters. Everyone was like miserable, like being a terrible person. So it's only right that it ended that way. And yeah, I just really enjoyed it. So, so, so what do you give it? I would give it a 9.4 out of 10. That's, yo, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 So you, you, all, you honestly almost made me uh, bump it up a little bit more than a 9.1. I mean, again, if you just consider like the aesthetics too, you know, you know me, I'm a nerd on like cinematography, the locations, the, yeah. just like the little details of how like it's, it stayed relevant with like the times too, even just like the way they talk about like, oh, we need to do this for social media or like people are talking about this and, and right. a certain way, like that's very true. Like it's, it stayed on very like how modern times are. I appreciate that. I feel like it'll age well. Like not to, like Luigi said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch it again instantly, but I feel like if you watch the show in 10 years, it'll be like a, a very good time capsule of like, okay, that's kind of how things were at this moment. So and, Tom, what, what did, uh, what did you give uh, everything everywhere all at once for your rating? Oh, uh, if you're giving 9.4 for succession, what's everything I, I, everywhere all at once for you? It probably have to be uh I don't know, man. Succession might be higher. I'd, I'd maybe say like a Ooh. 9.2, 9.3. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I know. Show, shows and movies are different. I get yeah, it. It's hard to compare shows and movies. Um, but I just know with both of these, like not to say that I'm a totally soulless person, but both of those, that movie and this show, like actually moved me emotionally. I think I'm very good at being like, oh, this is just a show. This is just a movie. Like, you know, why am I going to get emotional over this? But I found myself with this, like, at the end, just, like, almost shedding a tear. Like, damn, I can't believe it's over. You know? Like, yeah, I, I felt agree. like that with everything, everywhere, all at once and this show. So, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, when a show can really uh, do that for someone, I guess that's why I value it so high. But I know everyone has their different things um, that make them that way. So, Luigi, uh, you said you got emotional with a flash. Like, I get it. Like, it's different things make people like oh you forget it's a fiction thing it's uh it's those mo it's just those moments where they can catch you yeah uh like in in succession actually when logan dies uh that episode where they're yeah. reacting to his death that one hit me fucking hard i was like oh my god like yeah. i had trouble finishing the episode because i was like i think i want to cry right now <laughs> no, exactly. Fucking cry right. That was a tough one. That was that was honestly like what made me not hate the show. Yeah, because <laughs> for a while I was like, I fucking hate this show. There's nothing joyful in this show. Because for me, when I watch most shows, like outside of horror, but even with horror, like there's a purpose there for me. I watch shows to escape reality. So yeah. it, it's kind of hard sometimes, or even I do like the bear though, but this one was just like a harsh reality check where it's like, oh yeah, just a reminder that the world really doesn't care about you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what I will say is that the acting is so good that it, you forget that the main three characters don't have a character arc. They stay in the same place throughout the entire show. Yeah. Like they don't fucking change. Nothing changes about them. Logan doesn't change. They, they the only character that I see change is Tom. He's the only one that I see has somewhat of an arc because he finally grows a backbone and that's it. <laughs> yeah. they. I think that's what makes it entertaining. They attempt to change like you think, oh, like 
Kendall's kicked his drug habit or like Roman's maybe actually going to like boss up like you think they are. But like you said, it just ultimately never happened. Like that's kind of what makes it cool to me too. Yeah. It, they always fall short. And I guess that's what yeah. the, the moral of that show is. Adam yeah. McKay did a great job producing this show. I mean, he did great work with Will Ferrell and that's where you can see the humor. Yeah. This is definitely some stuff I wouldn't have expected from McKay. So big yeah. shout out to him. Uh, but we're going to wrap it up there, guys. Um, thank you, Tom, for being on, man. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for watching the show. I feel like I like forced you guys to watch it. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you got something out of it. So. I'm glad I watched it. I'll say that. I don't regret watching that show. I still have it at a 7.2. Anything 7 and above is pretty damn good to me. So Yeah. Hey, Jason. And that's cool with you. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy to me that you have a 7.2. Uh, although I will say, I'll, I'll say this, Tom. Breaking Bad, watch that. Oh, if, if you like Succession, watch Breaking Bad. And I from what I hear, Better Call Saul is amazing just as well. So That's funny you say that, man, because my dad's been watching both of those. He just he watched Better Call Saul and just ran through Breaking Bad in like a month or two. So I've seen a little bit, like, I was like, no, 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 I'm going to watch it. Like, but yeah, it was cool seeing him experience all that. Like, wow, this shows, he watched Better Call Saul first. Like, what? Yeah. Wow. He, like, he thoroughly loved both of them. And it was cool to see, like, him, like, get into a show like that. So I know I'm going to love it because he likes Succession, too. So that's definitely next on the list. Jason, real quick, what did uh, what did Jamie think of it? Did she like it? Did you guys like watching it together? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. So So Jamie loved it. Um, Kendall was probably one of her favorite characters, uh, but we both agree that Tom and Greg were the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we we felt for Kendall, although we knew he shouldn't have been um the successor. Like yeah. we really feel for that motherfucker. We really do. I feel like that was the perfect last, like the last shot of the series itself. Him just like kind of staring into like the abyss of like what the fuck just happened. Like again, Chef's kiss. Like that's such a perfect yeah. way. To like chef's who, kiss you really wonder what's going on in his head like he's still gonna make out well you know this guy's still gonna get his cut of the sale but like i don't know it, it was just the perfect way to end it roaming with his just like going back to the bar and just being like fuck it i, I don't think i ever wanted any of this like yep the slight smile that goes on his face like yeah, it's, yeah. it's finally over yeah yeah and you feel like that's what he wanted all along again as much as they want to act like they didn't like you still to... got billions. Yeah, exactly. So boo hoo, boo hoo, <laughs> boo hoo. Feel yeah. bad for no one. Guys, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it, and uh, look forward to talking some Barbie and Oppenheimer hopefully with you guys <laughs> back to back. Yeah, gonna I'm gonna have to watch both of those to cover it for the pod. So we'll definitely be talking those next month. But um, that's it for us this week, guys. Uh, thanks for watching. If those of you who are watching, thanks for listening. Those of you who are listening, we love you. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at revenge underscore of underscore the pod. Is that correct? Revenge underscore of the pod on Instagram. So we need to fix our banner. Sorry about that. Um, YouTube at revenge of the pod, no spaces. Uh, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts. You can catch us on pretty much anything Twitch. Um, see you guys again for another episode of Revenge of the Pod.